1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: God loves Leah and God cares for Leah. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. You're sitting here today, you've got a broken heart. The Lord is near. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the broken hearted, and he binds up their wounds."
1: Just because you might have a broken heart and sorrow is strong in your life, it doesn't mean God doesn't care. He's always there when you need him and call out to him. As Pastor Dan's going to show you today, God's near to those who have a broken heart, and you're no exception. God will mend your heart if you let him, and you'll see the joy and the abundance God has planned for you at the end of the tunnel. He wants you to call out to Him in all you're going through so He can guide you through it. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 29 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Genesis twenty nine thirty one, Genesis 29 beginning in verse 31 and when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved he opened her womb but Rachel was barren and so Leah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Reuben for she said the Lord has surely looked on my affliction now therefore my husband will love me then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. And then she stopped bearing, just temporarily, though. Now, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel. And he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? So she said, Here is my maid Bilhah, go into her, and she will bear a child on my knees, that I also may have children by her. And then she gave him Bilhah, her maid, as a wife, and Jacob went into her, and Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. And then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice and given me a son, therefore she called his name Dan. And Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. And so she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as wife. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, A troop comes. So she called his name Gad. And Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, I am happy, for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called his name Asher. Now Reuben went in the days of the wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, therefore, he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. And when Jacob came out of the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. And God listened to Leah and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. And so she called his name Zebulun. And afterwards she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. Moving on, right? <laughs> then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And so she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. Well, God made a promise to Abraham, and then he made the same promise to Isaac and then to Jacob. And the promise was that he would make of him a great nation. Back in chapter 28, the Lord God appeared to Jacob in a dream and told him that his descendants will be as the dust of the earth and spread out over all of the promised land. And in this section of Genesis, God begins to fulfill this promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and then to Jacob and he begins to make a nation from Jacob. And we have the record of the birth of 11 of the 12 sons of Jacob. Jacob's 12th son, Benjamin, will be born in chapter 35. These 12 sons of Jacob will become the 12 tribes of Israel and the nation of Israel. And reading through this passage, to me, the first thing that strikes me is just how messed up this family is. You know, you read through this thing. Jacob has 12 sons from four different women. Some of the sons are from his two wives. Remember, we talked about that last week. Those two wives happen to be sisters. And some of the sons are from two handmaids. And there's this competition between the two sisters over birthing children to Jacob. And they're fighting Over Jacob. And it's all just very dysfunctional, the whole thing. And these are the patriarchs, right? I think sometimes we expect, well, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these are the patriarchs. We expect a a level of like nobility and morality and integrity and what they're doing. But we don't really see that here. This is how the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, came to be. Jesus came from this family. These are his people. <laughs> and maybe you come from a messed up family. You know, just a really crazy background. Well, listen, God uses broken people. You see that all throughout the Bible. God uses broken people. God uses sinners, which is good news for us because we're all sinners. We're all broken in different ways. We all have crazy in our family. Somewhere you have crazy in your family. If you're sitting there thinking, I don't know of any crazy in my family, you're probably the crazy in your family then, you know. Now, if you remember, Jacob fled from the land of Canaan to Padanaram in Haran, and he fled for two reasons, to escape his brother Esau, who wanted to kill him, and to find a wife in Haran, and Jacob did find a wife. As soon as he arrived in town, he found a wife, Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his uncle. Jacob fell in love with Rachel. We looked at this last week. Fell in love with Rachel. He made an agreement with Rachel's father that he would work for his father, work for her father, for seven years for the opportunity to marry Rachel. And after serving Laban for seven years, the time of his wedding came. But on the wedding night, Laban deceived Jacob, and he switched his daughters without Jacob realizing it, and he gave his older daughter Leah to Jacob instead of Rachel. Remember, Rachel is described as beautiful in form and appearance, and Leah was described as tender-eyed, which probably means that she had a vision problem, and so she probably squinted. A lot. And the idea here is, in contrast to her sister Rachel, Rachel was very, very beautiful, but Leah was tender eyed. You know, so they have the wedding, and Laban switches the daughters. And the morning after the wedding night, Jacob woke up with Leah instead of Rachel. And I suppose Jacob was probably pretty tender eyed that morning and squinting, you know, wait a minute, you're not Rachel. And so Jacob got a taste of his own medicine, because Jacob, remember, deceived his own father and switched places with his brother Esau to deceive his father, who also was unable to see. Well, then Jacob and Laban made another deal, another agreement. For seven more years of work, he could marry Rachel. And so they get married, Rachel and Jacob get married. And so you look at verse 30, we're told that, Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. And the saddest tragedy in this whole story is Leah and how Leah was mistreated. We can't imagine the kind of pain that Leah felt in this whole situation. First, she's mistreated by her father. Her own father put her in this situation and now she's married to a guy who never wanted to marry her, never wanted to marry her and doesn't love her. And in fact, is in love with someone else who, oh, by the way, just happens to be Leah's beautiful sister that he's in love with. And so Leah was treated unlovingly by her father and then treated unlovingly by her husband. And now she's stuck in this marriage and her husband loves another woman who is her sister, and but you know, God sees her.
1: Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today?
2: Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it.
1: Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now let's finish today's
2: message. God sees her. God sees how Leah has been mistreated by her father and her husband. He sees how awful this situation is for her. And God loves Leah and God cares for Leah. Psalm 34, verse 18 says The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. If you're sitting here today, you've got a broken heart. The Lord is near. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Psalm 147 verse 3 says he heals the broken hearted and he binds up their wounds. He heals the broken hearted and he binds up their wounds. And Leah, no doubt, had a broken heart. No doubt she's deeply wounded by the way she was treated by her father and her husband. Listen, others may mistreat you. Others may do you wrong. Others may be unloving. Others may break your heart and wound you deeply. But you have a father in heaven who loves you and sees you and knows what you're going through. And he heals the brokenhearted and he will bind up your wounds if you give him the opportunity to. He loves you with an everlasting love, the Bible says, and he promises to never leave you nor forsake you. He's a very present help in your time of trouble. And God sees Leah here. He sees. He knows what's happened to her. And so in verse 31, we're told, When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now, my translation says Leah was unloved. Now, the word is actually hated. Leah was hated. Now, some translations say Leah was Hated God, the Lord saw that Leah was hated. It's not that Jacob hated Leah in the sense of strongly disliking, not like the way that we use the word hated. It's not like, you know, I hate you, Leah. You know, every time I see you, I just hate you. It's not like that. Leah was hated or unloved in the sense of not being chosen by Jacob or not being preferred by Jacob. Jacob preferred Rachel instead of Leah. Now, why do I point that out? I point that out, the meaning of this word that's used here, because Jesus gave a teaching in the Gospels where he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, He cannot be my disciple. And sometimes people get tripped up by Jesus's words when he says, I've got to hate my mother and father. Why do I have to hate my parents to be his disciple? I like my parents. I love my parents. Why do I have to hate my mom and dad to be a follower of Jesus? Well, Jesus is talking about choice. He's talking about preference. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ, I have to prefer my relationship with Jesus Christ over every other relationship in my life, even my closest, most important relationships. I have to be willing to choose Jesus over everyone else, or I can't be his disciple. Another way the Bible puts this is Jesus must be preeminent in all things. In my life. Now, that's the idea of the way that Jesus uses that word. It's the same way the word's used here with Jacob's feelings toward Leah. Leah was unloved. Jacob preferred Rachel, gave Rachel first place in his life. And so God sees this and opened Leah's womb and she conceives and she bears a son in verse 32. Now, childbearing was a very big deal in that ancient culture, as it is in most cultures today. But in particular, bearing sons was very important and highly valued. And not because it was a chauvinistic or patriarchal society. It was much more practical than that. Sons were more valued because the males provided protection for the family. They're Bedouins. They're nomads. And males provided protection for the family. Understand, there was no police department. You could not call 911 if there was an emergency or a crime was in progress. It wasn't an option. The men in the household protected the family and the men in the household protected the property. The men were the police. The men were the warriors. If you remember earlier in the book of Genesis, when invaders come into the land and they take Lot, Abraham's nephew, captive, and they leave, Abraham rounded up all the men in his household, 318 men, and he formed an army and he pursued after them, And he went to war. He went to battle to rescue Lot. There was no one for Abraham to call. There was no one to report it to. It just didn't exist. Abraham formed an army from the men and his household and went to war and took care of it and rescued Lot. That's the way that it was. Men were the protectors. And by the way, it's still that way in Bedouin communities in the Middle East. The men in your family protect your family and protect your property. And so because of that, the more sons you had in your family, the better. Sons equaled strength. Uh, Jacob later on will describe his firstborn son, Reuben, as the beginning of my strength. Sons equaled strength. Sons equaled power. Sons equaled protection. Sons equaled safety. Safety. Having a lot of sons was a deterrent against invaders. Jacob will have 12 sons, which means Jacob becomes very powerful and very strong. Leah here now, she conceives a son. Look at verse 32. She conceives a son by Jacob. And verse 32 tells us she calls his name Reuben. And Reuben literally means a corned beef sandwich. Not really. You know what it means? It means, look, a son. Or it's a boy. Leah understands the value of sons in her culture. She understands that. And it's the firstborn son to Jacob. So her son, she's provided a son for the family, and it's the firstborn son, so he has the birthright. Now watch closely what Leah says in verse 32. Leah conceived, bore a son, she called his name Reuben. Then she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now therefore, my husband will love me. Now my husband will love me. Now that I have provided him with a son, now, now he'll love me. And you're kind of groaning inside right now for Leah, reading that. Verse 33, then she conceived again and bore a son. This is a second son. Again, God's making a great nation of Jacob. He's going to give him all these sons, which is telling us he's powerful. She conceives again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved. He has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Simeon is from the Hebrew word shema, which means to hear. The Lord has heard, I'm unloved. And so he's given me another son, a second son. Verse 34 She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. Levi means attached. Now that we have three sons together, my husband will become attached to me. My husband will feel connected to me. You see what Leah's doing? Do You see what Leah's doing here? And listen, listen, do not, do not make the mistake of thinking you can change someone. Do not make the mistake of thinking you can make someone love you. Don't think, if we get married, then he'll change. If we get married, it'll be different. If we get married, he'll stop going out with his buddies on Friday and Saturday night, and he'll want to stay home and be with me once we're married. No, he won't. Getting married will not change him or change her. Or don't think, Well, once we're married, all the strife and fighting in our relationship will go away. No, it won't. If there's a lot of strife and fighting in your relationship while you're dating, there'll be a lot of fighting and strife in your marriage, probably even more so. Don't think, if we have a child together, then my husband will grow up and start acting responsibly. No, he won't. No, he won't. If he's not acting responsible now, having a baby will not magically make him Mr. Responsibility. And you will probably resent him even more because you will have to take care of that baby on your own. He asked me how I than the finest crystal.
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There'll be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, please be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis, so be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth.
0: I see the signs and I recognize.